Well, hey guys, welcome back to the Norton Young Adult Podcast. Today, Ethan and I are continuing our conversation on what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus through prayer. Excited for you guys to check it out. All right, Ethan, what's up? What is up, Garrett? Dude, I'm excited to do this, continuing our conversation yeah. together. Uh, do me this favor. Give us a little bit of a recap from our last talk, what we were kind of hitting, some of the main ideas and, and themes. Yeah. So within the podcast, we, we talk about leadership, yep. spiritual... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Spiritual growth and leadership. Life, Life. growth. Yeah, that, yep. yeah, that's good. That'll work. Um <laughs> But as as we've been going through this, this is almost like a mini series that we're doing on the apprenticeship to Jesus, what yeah. that looks like, what's that mean? And so I think last episode we said this that uh, Dallas Willard has this awesome quote that I love. He says uh, he was talking to one of his mentees, and he told <laughs> them this. He said, "You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from mm. your life. There is nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day." you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And this is what we said, is that our world is fighting for our attention, Yeah. and what's fighting for our attention is stealing our awareness, and the problem of that is, is because the goal of an apprentice of Jesus is to live in constant awareness of, in connection to the Spirit of Jesus. So what we talked about last week was pretty much this, is that when I slow down my body, physically right. slow down my body, I slow down my life, mm-hmm. which allows me to be aware and present to the moment because life's that's where life's at. It's lived in these moments, right? In, in these moments with Jesus. So that's kind of recap. And then yeah. we, we said this. I, I don't know if I said this last time, but I think this slowing down, this slower pace yeah. is this kind of quiet, calm rebellion against culture with a cup <laughs> of coffee a sip of tea and yeah. enjoying the presence of Jesus right. to a slow drive at work. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, honestly. Just totally living counterculturally from yeah. what we're used to. So Exactly. Yeah, that's where we're at. It's good stuff, Ethan. And then this week we're kind of moving into this conversation on prayer, which yeah. I think directly kind of flows out of that conversation of what it means to slow down, um, to to cut the hurry, to ruthlessly ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Yeah. This is kind of an uh, an outplaying of that. Yeah. It's through prayer. Um, so yeah, I guess where where are we starting? Where are we heading with this concept of prayer? Definitely. I think uh, when I think about prayer, um, this. This story is original to me. I guess this concept isn't original to me. I read a book, uh, The Life You Always Wanted, uh, by John Ortberg. Great yeah. book. I, I would highly recommend it. But one of the things in there that he talks about um, is he talks about um, interrupting heaven. Hmm. That's kind of his definition of prayer, and I kind of like that. And Dan's, Dan's used it before and does a great—he did a sermon on it, I think, a couple of years ago. Right, yeah. Um, now, but when we think about interrupting heaven, I think about my niece. Uh, my niece, Gwendolyn, is her name. We Gwendolyn. call her Gwen. I call her G. That's her name to me. Nice. So G and I are—I uh, love my niece. My niece is <laughs> awesome. She's two years old. She runs around like crazy. No. She's the only— um, 
she's the only person that can interrupt me when I'm eating. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> she interrupts me all the time throughout. Every time I go down there to visit my family, I'm there talking with my brother. Yep. And she'll interrupt, and she just climbs up on my lap, and she's sitting there yep. messing with my <laughs> little bit of hair or pulling on my ear. What or hair pulling, you have, right? Yeah, feeling my beard or whatever the case. She's always messing around, and then I'm in line getting my food ready yep. on my plate, feeling good, and then... She comes up and starts tugging on my jeans or whatever the case. Like, she interrupts me all the time. Right. And that sounds like I'm just really annoyed or whatever. But she has every right to interrupt me, right? Like, yeah. when I have kids, they have every right to interrupt me. Yeah. Because I love them. Like, mm-hmm. I want her to interrupt me. Now, it only plays on her schedule because I can't interrupt her. Because if she's playing yep. and I try and interrupt, it just goes sour from there. You oh, know? yeah. Yep. And I think prayer is a lot like that, is that we literally get to knock on heaven's door mm. and interrupt God, right? Yeah. I think Dan was talking a couple of weeks ago uh, in one of the services. I was thinking about this, Isaiah 6, mm. where mm. we see the angels just praising God of heaven, holy, 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 and they're covering their faces, they're covering their feet, they're flying, and it says that they're yelling it to each other, because I just think... Like, they're looking at God, but they really can't even look at God, mm. and they're just screaming out to each other, holy, holy, holy. Right. And you picture that scene, and you're like, holy, holy, holy. Like, this yeah. is absolutely insane. God is so much bigger than we could have ever imagined. He's so much better than we ever knew. Mm. And, and we see that kind of this picture of the throne room, and I think about it, and every time I'm like, wow, God has given me the opportunity to knock mm. on heaven interrupt his throne room interrupt that praise happening and god's like all right i'm ready to listen mm. so it makes me ask the question of like what am i interrupting heaven for right prayer wow. is an idea that i think when we look at it with that perspective it helps me at least um, when i pray that i bring kind of important things to god i bring the day-to-day too but like there's there's this weight to prayer mm-hmm. a little bit. Any any thoughts you're having there, Gary? Yeah, I think it's incredible, man. Like you shared Isaiah six. That's one of my most favorite passages. Yeah. And I I as you were talking, it made me think like because in that passage, you know, you have uh, the 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 seraphim praising yeah. God, and then what what does Isaiah do? He just starts speaking. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. He he like he's. He's in awe. He literally, his first words are, woe unto me. Yeah. You know, like, woe is me. I, like, I have unclean lips. And he starts just talking. And there's this sense of, like, yeah, he feels a bit of, like, uncomfortable and, like, a bit of, like, weightiness being in this room. But yet he's he's not afraid to talk. And I think this is odd because I think about um, a king's throne room. Mm. And you're not allowed to speak out of turn in a king's throne room. Because, mm. like, if you're, like, one of his lowly servants or whatever, if you, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, any, like, shows or movies with, like, kings and stuff, like, yeah. that's the one dude who gets his head cut off. If he yeah. speaks out of turn, like, you ask permission to speak. But in this instance, he speaks out of turn. Like, he didn't ask permission. He just starts speaking in the middle of the glory of God. And God doesn't reprimand him. He doesn't yell at him and say, or like, you know, strike him down because he didn't ask permission to speak in front of the most holy God. I think it's interesting, like, how God does look at his children in that way. Yeah. Like, we're not some lowly servants. Like, when if we've said yes to Christ, if we're following God, um, 
we're seen as children of God, and we're given this freedom to come and speak to him. Yeah. It's like permission's already been granted when Jesus gave his life on the cross. All we have to do is go to him. Yeah. Like you said, just as like, you know, you know, one day like your kids will come up and interrupt you. It's like, you're my son or you're my daughter. I give you permission already. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's something that just came to my mind as you're speaking and like kind of sharing that from Isaiah 6 of like, wow, he just speaks and God yeah. listens. Yeah. I think about even my work day, like, um, not everybody is allowed to interrupt my work day, right? Uh, which sounds terrible. Um, I'm, yeah, you I'm yelled mean. at me before, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to be mean about it, but like if I'm in a meeting or something, yeah, uh, I try to be very uh, aware of that meeting. Like I'm in that meeting, presence yep. of that moment, right? And the only person that can interrupt me during those meetings is if my wife calls. Like if Kimmy mm. calls, I'm answering it, right? But that's that's pretty much it. It's like my family yep can interrupt me yep and that's how god i feel like that's kind of how god is it's like my family i'm giving them access to me you're a child of mine i want to hear from you yeah and as soon as you interrupt me i'm listening right um let's do this let's maybe go to a couple observations that um i kind of have about prayer you can go online and find a hundred and 30,000 different sermons on prayer. You can find books on prayer. Prayer is great. There's tons of resources out there. So I'm just going to give some thoughts about prayer, Mm -hmm. and then maybe what we'll do is kind of wrap the bow from there. Does that that work? I like it. Let's go there. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Psalm 25, 14, Mm -hmm. um, the Lord is a friend Mm -hmm. to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. So prayer, first off, in, in my view of it in Psalm, I love that Mm. that verse. It's this nourishing friendship that God is teaching me Mm -hmm. and that we're growing a friend. That word uh, friend is actually really hard to translate in the Hebrew. Mm. Um, They translated it secret. They've translated it intimate company, counsel. Um, I love friends actually probably not the best translation, and Mm. yet it is. Like, it's not the word that's used for friend in Hebrew. But the idea, the concept that they're getting at there right. is this friend, this close li- closeness that we have uh, to God. So first off, prayers, this friendship. Um, I think uh, uh, Siren Kierkegaard, he, he says this. He, he says, a man prayed, and at first he thought prayer was taking talking. But he came became more and more quiet until he, at the end of it he realized prayer is more listening. Mm. Right. Prayer is this balance of like God talking, this friendship, like as we walk through life together. Yeah. So uh, the second one is prayer is uh, to change. That's what I would say. The observation is prayers to change. And Richard Foster, he says this real prayer is life creating and life changing. Mm. That prayer changes the world around me and prayer not only changes the world around me, it changes me. So it's life creating um, it's like, that's why we encourage, like, pray for people, pray for your three. Yeah. Um, because we want to see God move in the lives and prayer somehow God knows and yet God works Hmm. through prayer. Yeah. How that all works. I have no idea. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But prayer is, is life creating, life changing. And yet prayer is kind of this safe space. I, I have, oh man, if you could hear this, Mm. (laughs) prayer is like this safe space to let your emotions run wild yeah um mm. if you're sad go to the saddest part of your soul in prayer 
Yeah. If you're angry, get as much anger as you can and just unload it on God. It's right. the safe space because I mm. feel like sometimes we try and go polished and then we'll let loose yeah. our emotions on other people mm-hmm. when really I think security's found, hope's found, yeah. filtering my feelings kind of through my faith in prayer. It's the safe space to just let it out. That's the whole book of Psalms. Psalms is a book of prayer. Yeah. I was going to say, as you're sharing that, I was pulling up uh, Psalm 4. Yeah. Um, let me get to the right verse. Um, I think it's Psalm 4 is what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. This is a Psalm of David, and he writes, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Like, okay, you can just read that, but he's crying out to God. He says, Answer me, God. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. This whole psalm, like he's basically telling you flat out, this is my prayer to you, God. And um, <laughs> I just find it absolutely insane how um, he goes through all this and he's basically yelling at God in the beginning and stuff. But then you end up at the very end. And he says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. Oh, Lord, make me dull in safety. Like he goes through this whole thing. He's like ranting at God. But he always kind of ends it with like, you know, you're still my peace, God. You're still my rest. But like yeah. he's he's still in some serious like emotions. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that guy's desperate. Like, in that moment, I think we read it and we're like, when I call to you, God, please answer me. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I just picture David. I think that's the wrong way to picture him. I think he's like screaming out to God, God, you have not answered me. Right. I need you in this moment. Yeah. I need you. Like, I don't know what is going on around me. Yeah. And I think it's the same one, or maybe it's the Psalm before I'm trying to remember is where he talks about literally he's like, in his pillow at night, sobbing yeah. of all the grief that he feels, and he's just wanting a peace from God. It's like, that's real stuff right there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that kind of leads us into the next observation of prayers. Prayer is this journey, mm. this struggle. Um, and and I am by far, if I could say one of my, um, this is one of my hardest like spiritual habits uh, is or lifestyle rhythm like prayer does not come easy for me it's kind of weird right. it's clunky it feels like well god's not there he doesn't speak back audibly from mm. my mind it's not uh, it doesn't compute very easily and so um yeah but prayer is this journey it's the struggle yeah. uh, tim keller says this he says prayer is all intimacy and struggle yet the way to reality mm-hmm so there's something to like when I when I pray, reality comes like um we, we almost look at prayer as this fantasy thing that we kind of go do. And, right. But it actually brings this perspective, this clarity. Right. And, and he goes on to say, There's nothing more important or harder or richer or more life altering. There's absolutely nothing so great as to pray. Hmm. Right. I, I think prayer's the struggle, it's a journey, it's worth it. Yeah, I think is what uh, ultimately we need to know. Yeah, prayer also uh, is to know. Prayer is to know, uh, to know yourself and to know uh, God. Mm. Martin Luther said that he who has prayed well has studied well. Right? There's lots of quotes today. I don't know what it hey, is, but dude, they're all good quotes. Though, so we'll take right? them. We'll take them. Uh, I. This is one uh, for me. Um, I'm a big advocate of journaling. Uh, yeah. If you don't journal, try it. Uh, I've been talking. Uh, it's actually fascinating. I don't, 
I don't know if I can share this. If my mom's listening, hi, mom. Hi, mom. Glad you're out there. Hi, Mrs. Taylor. Um, I don't know how she found out about this <laughs> podcast, but uh, but I was talking to her the other day, and she's not been much into journaling and knows that that's kind of a big thing for me. Right. For, for some odd reason, that helps ground me. And uh, she was asking me, she's like, how in the world do you journal? Like, um, do you write things that you learn about when you read in Scripture? Do you... Uh, do you write the th- your prayer request down and put like a little box beside them so then when they're answered you check yeah. them off? Like what's journaling? Right. And for me, that's the only way that uh, I know how to do it, and this works for me. If you got something that works for you, do it. Mm. Um, but for me, I just have to pretend like God's in the room, yeah. And I'm writing him a letter, hmm. or I'm having this conversation with him. Now, journaling, I will say this, uh, journaling can be very self-focused um, yeah. at times. And so I would do your best, if you do practice journaling, uh, to, to incorporate praying for others through that, yeah. uh, try other habits. But journaling helps me study myself. It helps me know yes. who I am. Yes. Uh, it reveals a lot of my emotions. It's that safe space that I was talking about to just let my emotions run wild. Right. I, I'd say the same thing. I do it a little bit differently than you, but the, the goal is the same. Yeah. I, um, so I'll be honest with you guys, you know, like, you know, I released a song a while ago, subtle yep. plug, whatever, <laughs> but, um, that song is a prayer. Yeah. I spend a lot of like my personally as like, you know, I'm, I'm a musician. M- music is a lot. It means a lot to me. Yeah. It's a huge part of my life. And so like, I'll often find myself at night with a guitar at the piano and I'll be playing and I'll just sing to God. And a lot of times it's just random nonsense, but they're my prayers to God. And I'll write stuff. I'll write lyrics. I'll write poetry. And those are my prayers to God. And Mm. so the one song I released has a lot of meaning. I won't go into it here, so you know it's not all over the place. <laughs> we'll but, do a podcast on Garrett's songs. On Garrett's songs. Why, the like, behind them. <laughs> exactly. And um, I, and I think one of the beauty th- beautiful things is, of it is I can go back, and that is like a prayer of mine. Yeah. And, and the best thing about it is it was something that I was really struggling with, a lot mm-hmm. of you know emotions wrapped up, but I didn't fully understand them. Mm. And it wasn't until I wrote, and it was, all, I mean, it's you know poetically written. There's a couple of verses that you know I left out because they're a little bit more, whoa, you know, because mm. you know it's I'm trying to be real in it. But the beauty of it is, I finished writing that song and a couple other songs. I go back, I reread the lyrics, mm. and it's funny because I don't know what I'm feeling until I write it down and then I reread it, you know, with a clear head another day, and I'm like, oh wow, I'm really angry. Huh. Or wow, I'm extremely frustrated. Or it, it takes a lot of confusion with emotions and feelings, and you're able to kind of like look at it later. And like when it's on a page, when it's written down, it's there. Yeah, and you're able to see it clearly. And so like that's like at least for me, I know like the beauty of journaling and the the, the beauty of like writing in that way is you're able to reflect on your emotions and how you're feeling. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't know, and you're just spouting off words to God. But when you actually get it down in ink and pen, you know it's like you can see the truth behind what you're thinking and feeling and saying. Yeah. I was talking to somebody recently and they were telling me, um, it's, it's one of my buddies in ministry and he was telling me about a student that he has Mm. and his student is a, I mean, he's just a mess. Yeah. Um, just has had a rough year. Um, but honestly just been struggling a lot and being in high school and different things like that. And his student is, wants to be a big rapper. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's his dream one day. I yeah. love that. 
Um, I'm not a big rap music person, but I love it. I say, isn't that your dream? Yeah, that's that's my dream. Um, <laughs> but my friend was telling me he's like, that's his journal. Mm. Is he raps? Yeah, and he's like, he he's actually got some talent in it. He's got some ability in it. I think music is such a powerful tool yeah. in that way as well. Yeah. Um, last thing is prayer is unity. So um, prayer. John Ortberg has this great definition. But before we go there. Jesus prayed for unity in the church. Mm. Like John 17, yes. if you ever get a chance, go look at that. He prayed for his disciples, his apostles, those 12 guys, and then he prayed for you and I, like, yeah. which is kind of <laughs> crazy that Jesus saw down the future and, and looked at us and went, I pray for them yeah. there. Like, it's kind of crazy in that way. But mm. John Ortberg, I love this. He says, in addition to all other work that gets done through prayer— Perhaps the greatest work of all is the knitting of the human heart together with the heart of God. Mm. It's this beautiful thing, this beautiful unity that happens. Not only, like, when we pray together, I think corporate prayer is so important because it unifies. And praying in private Mm. unifies my heart, knits my heart together with God. I think that's so powerful. Um, One of the things... Uh, I was thinking about is like, why don't people pray? It's easy to go, man, mm-hmm. you should pray. Why don't people pray? Yeah. Um, I think the often times we look at the big one, it's like, oh, well, people lack faith. People lack faith. That's why they don't pray. Mm. Um, I forget where I was reading this at, um, and it's not going to come to me right now. Uh, but the number one attribute represented for Jesus um, was compassion. Jesus had compassion on the crowds. He had compassion on the individual. He had compassion as he walked through Jerusalem. Like, the number one attached word to Jesus, at least through the Gospels, is compassion. And I think when it comes to prayer is that we don't lack faith as much as we lack compassion. Right. We lack compassion uh, for the heart, for, for our heart to break for others, for our heart to break over our own sin. Right. Um, is that we, we lack this compassion that's in us, and that's what causes us not to pray as often as we should. I thought that was an interesting take. That's unique, yeah. Because oftentimes we're like, well, you just don't have enough faith. you got to pray mm-hmm. with more faith or whatever, with more belief or whatever the case. And it's like, well, what if your heart broke and was sensitive to the things that God's sensitive about, mm-hmm. right? I, I love this, that prayer, It this may be our last observation, and then maybe I'll give the purpose of prayer. Uh, yeah. Last observation, then purpose of prayer. Observation says it takes no time at all, and yet occupies all our time. Mm. It takes no time at all and occupies all our time. And what I mean is, uh, Paul says this in First Thessalonians five seventeen. He says, "Pray without ceasing." Yeah, pray without ceasing. And uh, we are constantly like God is in this room right now with the purple light on in the background, God, like God's hanging out <laughs> yeah. as we're doing this podcast. Right. He's with us. He's with you in your car right now as you're listening to mm. this or at the gym, listening to the, like wherever you're at, God is always there. Right. And so it's this constant awareness of him and prayer is this constant conversation with him. And yet at the same time, I think there's it's important to block out those times where it's like, okay, this time I'm using intentionally to yeah. pray. And it's every day, like some people do right before meals. Every meal, I'm going to pray. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that could be legalistic if we're not careful. And no, it's like, it God, thanks for the grub. You're good. 
Yeah. And then we move on. And it's like, what if it was this constant conversation with the creator of the universe? What if it was me as a kid knocking on heaven's door, interrupting God's meetings, mm-hmm. and just going, God, you won't believe what happened today. It was awesome. God, you won't believe what's going on in my life. It's just a wreck, and I need you. Mm. God, I look at the people around me, and I'm just broken for for my brothers, for my sisters, for my friends. Yeah. God, could you show up and do something? Mm. Right? Purpose of prayer is it's the satisfying struggle of enjoying our God. Mm. That's the purpose. Wow. Satisfying struggle of enjoying our God. So that's prayer. Wow. Is there any thoughts you have there, Garrett? I mean, prayer, I think, is one of the most amazing things. And um, and I love that. I think you said this in uh, Thessalonians where Paul talks about pray without ceasing. Mm. Um, and that sounds like a big task. But as you're, like, saying it, all I can think about is, like, um, like yeah, you have those, like, set-apart times mm. where you sit and have, like, a conscious time talking with God. But besides that, I think... Um, I've, I think it was one of the pastors at another campus, um, Pastor Brad, who said, mm. I think it was him, I might be misquoting, but <laughs> he said, um, I oftentimes, like, he's like, I go throughout my day and I'm having a constant conversation with God. I think about, like, we're always constantly, like, thinking to ourselves. Mm. It's like, what if you change the subject of who you're talking to? Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'll be in a conversation like I'm in a conversation with you, and I'm focused, I'm like, you know, in, in this conversation, but then as soon as I leave the conversation, I pick the conversation up I had with God right back up again. Yeah. And it's um, it's something that's so counterintuitive. Yeah. But that's I think that's a constant theme of being an apprentice to Jesus. Instead of it being a very, like, me-centered, what I'm thinking, you know, and, like, thinking to myself and, you know, how should I handle this? It's like giving our cares and worries constantly throughout the day to God and saying, yeah. you know, God, help me through this. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been in the middle of a conversation and and I have to kind of stop and think to myself, God, give me wisdom in this conversation to say the right things, to be glorifying mm-hmm. and honoring to you. Like, you know, guide me through this. And it's like, yeah, I think that's like, you know, one of the most important things to try to learn is how do I consistently turn my thoughts upon Christ? Yeah. Because I think, you know, I think the other week we were talking about um, Romans 12, 1, what it means to worship God fully. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, a part of it, your mind. Mm-hmm. Is your mind constantly going back to, to God yeah. and considering him in all things? I think that's what Paul's getting at when he says pray without ceasing. Yeah. Have your mind always be centered on God and bringing every thought, um, take every thought captive for Christ, Yeah, honestly. Um, that's just something that I heard is like you're, you're speaking, and I, I love that verse. It's one of the most difficult things. Yeah. But I think it's also one of the most rewarding things that you can do in our spiritual walk as we are attempting to be apprentices of Jesus. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it, and um, I, like I just want to be honest, prayer is a very big struggle for me. Like it just does yeah. not compute. I don't know why. I was reading, um, I was reading a little while ago about a story, and I, I might butcher some of it, but I'm going to try and tell it. Mm. Um, Because as you're talking, I'm like, I want to give you guys some practical ways. So journaling, practical way. Yeah. Pulling up an empty chair in the morning Mm. or in the evening and pretending like Jesus is sitting there. Yeah. Practical way. Uh, Richard Foster, he tells us about uh, um, we need to tap into our imagination. Like Mm. God gave us our mind to think logically, Mm. and he gave us our imagination with it to think creatively. Yeah. And I think sometimes we knock imagination because it's like, well, that just, it's just making up stuff. Okay. But go with me here. What if we imagined better? Like, 
Jesus said, I want you to pray like a child. Mm. Um, mm. Children have this big imagination. He tells a story where uh, he walks into a hospital room, and this infant is on the table, and it's just not doing well. Like, it looks like we're going to lose this little girl. Mm. Parents are in the room, and little brother, four years old, uh, or older brother, I guess, uh, is in the room with them. And this four-year-old boy, he has no idea what's going on. He just knows his little sister, who he's so excited to meet, Mm. is not doing well. And things are scary. People are coming in with needles. There's tons of different stuff happening, tubes. And it's like this four-year-old boy, he's processing this, kind of standing in the corner of the room. Mm. Richard uh, goes up to him, and he bends down, and he looks at him in the eye, and the way Foster tells the story is he kind of looks at him and goes, hey, let's pray for your sister. And he goes, okay. He said, you're willing to help me to do that? And the little boy, yeah, yeah, I want to help you pray. And Richard, I mean, he's a pastor. Foster, he, he goes, you see that empty chair over there? And the little boy looks over there and he goes, yeah. He said, let's do this. Let's pretend Jesus is sitting in that chair. The boy goes, okay, I love Jesus, right? He kind of grew up in church and knows mm-hmm. Jesus. He said, let's pretend Jesus is sitting in that chair, and, and we're looking at him, and he wants us to know. He wants us to know how much he loves us. And let's just pretend that Jesus is sitting over there, and he's sitting out with kind of his hands open, and he's just looking at us going, man, I love you guys. I love you guys. Mm-hmm. And that little boy's like, yeah, I see him. And Foster goes, okay. Let's invite Jesus to come stand up beside our this little this little girl on the table on the bed there. And let's let's put our hands out to her. Let's pretend Jesus' hands are almost over our hands, blessing our prayer. And the way he describes it is he just describes the scene where this little boy, mm-hmm. four-year-old boy, is putting his hands on his sister and begins praying, Jesus, I I want to get to know my little sister. I, w- I want to see her well. Nothing crazy. And then they say amen. And they're done. And Foster kind of talks to the parents and then leaves the room. Next day, and I'm not saying the imagination played the trick or whatever, but the next day the, the girl was fine. They had no idea what was going on, like why she all of a sudden got better. And it's powerful. When you think about that imagination, it's like imagine Jesus was actually in the room with you. Like, Mm -hmm. we can talk about it, but it comes to life when you think about it that way. Like, Jesus, Garrett and I, we're seeing a little stool kind of thing. Like, imagine Jesus is sitting right here with us. I wonder what he'd want us to say on this thing. Like, there's power to it. There's so much power to it. Wow. I'm honestly speechless, and it's <laughs> not often that happens, yeah. you know, in some, something like this. But that, like, it's funny. As you're even speaking, I'm probably not the only person, but, like, I can imagine that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in the hospital room. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it all play out. Um, and I think you're right. Like, that's a side of our brain that needs to be tapped into. Yeah. Using our imagination to be able to experience Christ in the, in the everyday. Yeah. Because he is there. And and I, I ooh, 
Yeah, I'm a little bit speechless. That's that's incredible. I'm going to keep coming back to, to this <laughs> podcast. Like, yeah, that's powerful image, though, I think, of, of prayer and how it should impact our lives and mm-hmm. how we view God, that we're actually having a conversation with Him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gary? Well, Ethan? Th- this this has been another episode, I guess. It has <laughs> been. It's been great. I've been enjoying these conversations, yeah. and uh, not next week, but the week after, we'll have another one up continue this conversation which i've been really enjoying and hope everybody listening has been joining enjoying it um it's been really good so excited for next time catch you guys on the next one until next time